there's a brand new festival in town to talk about. And don't you know, we're going to eat tons of food and review it right here. I'm the goat of Disney. I eat everything. All right, everybody, it's Corey Storytime. So kick back, relax, put your feet up, and get ready to listen to this one. We're not just going to report Disney news and just talk about it. I mean, that's already been done a million times. But then again, we do love Disney news. We will talk about some. This is not your grandfather's Disney podcast. So I'm watching this new thing on Netflix. Let's talk about it. So Tammy has me running all over Disney World looking for this new lounge fly. Jillian loves China so much that if she was ever lost, she would need a tag on her shirt that says, If lost, return me to China. Jacob's my dude. Jacob is my tech man. He makes me sound good. Disney Parks Blog News. This article was published on Thursday, January 26, 2023, and this is very interesting. If there was ever a kids club at Disney Springs, I didn't know about it. And this is also amazed is. So, this article was written by Emma Martin. She, uh, her title is Digital Marketing and Social Media Manager at Disney Springs, or for Disney Springs. And it's titled, New Family-Friendly Entertainment at Disney Springs Kids Club. So, Saturday mornings at Disney Springs are about to get a whole lot more fun. Our entertainment team has been hard at work curating a lineup of high-energy, engaging performers to get the whole family up on their feet, moving and grooving. Disney Springs Kids Club kicks off this Saturday, January 28th, which was just a few days ago, and is a brand new entertainment offering designed for the whole family to enjoy together. It'll take place at Waterview Park every Saturday morning, starting at 10.30 a.m. This unique family-friendly acts will vary each week, and new entertainment will frequently be added to the lineup. To kick things off, you may recognize Wasaloo, the Afropop band from Disney Springs Theme Park. They're taking their show on the road to our side of town, bringing trademark energy and style to Disney Springs Kids Club. Pick up bongos, maracas, and more while you play and dance along in the drum circle. Or boogie down with Flight Crew Jump Rope at a high-energy dance party featuring dazzling jump rope routines and thrilling acrobatics. The best part, the crew will have you jumping along like a pro in no time. Rounding out the current Disney Springs Kids Club lineup will be DJ KD Queen will bring her signature flair to the stage, hosting games, sing-alongs, and more. And the fun doesn't stop there. Afterwards, enjoy some kid-favorite activities like lunch at Splitsville Dining Room, taking a ride on the Marketplace Train Express, or building at the Lego Play Store tables, just to name a few. We're so excited to bring this family-friendly fun to all of you. And we hope to see you at Disney Springs Kids Club this weekend and every weekend. 
This next article is taken actually from January 20th, which I wanted to include in the podcast recently, but I didn't. But we'll talk about it now. It is titled, New Parking Lot Names Debut at Epcot as Part of Ongoing Transformation. This is written by Chelsea Eagle, Senior Manager of Communications at Walt Disney World. You may think the ideal Disney day with beloved stories and favorite characters begins the moment you set foot into one of our theme parks. But have you ever thought that the journey actually starts even earlier? The transformation taking place at Epcot right now is expanding beyond the theme park. From the moment you arrive, you will be greeted with a redesigned auto plaza marquee coming later this month and at this point all or most of them have debuted and starting today a new character themed parking lot will introduce you to some of the heroes and sidekicks who represent the concepts that live in epcot the entire lot has now been divided into two themes the earth side and the space side Within these two sides, we have chosen to feature a variety of familiar characters. Crush, Dory, Hey Hey, Moana, Rocket, Gamora, Wall-E, and Eve. These changes are a part of our ongoing transformation of Epcot and reflect the identity of the park in its four neighborhoods. These changes are part of our ongoing transformation of Epcot and reflect the identity of the park and its four neighborhoods. Celebrating the magic of possibility in stories inspired by our real world made fantastic. Epcot has long celebrated art, murals, and mosaics. These character graphics greet guests of all ages to the park in creative and memorable ways. Savvy Epcot fans may recognize the unique and beautiful designs. The art style used in these character graphics is the same as the Epcot posters illustrating past, present, and future attractions. They have Wall-E, Eve, Rocket, Gamora, Moana, Hey-Hey, Crush, and Dory once again. I have seen some of these in the park in person now, and... They're beautiful. They're beautiful. So, just to finish the article, in addition to the fun enhancements made to the parking lot and signs, guests also have the new car locator featured in the My Disney Experience app to make sure it is easier than ever to keep track of where they parked. Because Lord knows I never remember. From intimate detail designs to new attractions and spaces for guests to enjoy, 2023 is shaping up to be a year to remember at Epcot. So there are Epcot purists that have issue with this. And I'm just going to continue to piggyback off of what I talked about in the, in the podcast last week, which was it's time to just accept change. We hold on to too much. You know, it, it it's good to put older rides in things into the memory. We have YouTube to go back and watch them. I know it's not the same as riding them, but embrace the change. I say 
don't doubt the Imagineers until they give you reason to doubt them. And, and if they give you reason, it's going to be several mistakes in a row for me before I start to cast doubt. Uh, I like the change, but you do have to consider why Epcot was made, what the ideas behind Epcot were, and I think what softens the blow a little bit of changing these, they are in groups. You have characters, but it is divided by Earth and space. So that's an Epcot vibe. They're just adding fun characters to designate the parking lot. And I think that's amazed is. I like it a lot. Now, you've got to look at what Disney's doing because the Moana area is about learning. And we talked about that in the podcast last week. So it's about learning. So we're putting learning back into Epcot. Let's just hope that future attractions continue to go along that same line because you do have to continue to keep Epcot at somewhat of that level of learning. You really do. Because I remember going, I was a late bloomer coming to Epcot and I came in my early 30s and there was still a lot of learning there. So you, we don't want to see that all go away. Would we like to see it be 100% learning? Yeah, that's what it, that's what it's about. But if we can at least keep some level of it a really high level, then I don't think we can complain. So I like this change, and uh, let us know. Livingindiz at gmail.com. You can always email us and let us know. And uh, that's our Disney Parks blog news for the pod. There's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow Shining at the end of every day There's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow And tomorrow is just a dream away So, you know, whether you liked that or not You have guessed what our attraction feature is this podcast I figured... Should we do Carousel of Progress yet or kind of build up to that one because I think it's just one of the greatest attractions of all time. And then I decided, nah, let's just go right for it. We're just going to go right for it and we're going to do Carousel of Progress. So without further ado, so here we go. We'll talk about the history and if any stories come to mind or anything like that, I will share my thoughts and what I think of Carousel of Progress. Carousel of Progress opened on April 22nd, 1964 at the World's Fair in Flushing Meadow Park, Queens. The fair ran from April 22nd to October 18th, 1964, and once more from April 21st to October 17th. In 1965, Walt Disney created four attractions to the fair. Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln, Carousel of Progress, Magic Skyway, and you guessed it, It's a Small World. Let's go back to where it all began. The first world exhibition was brought to life by Prince Albert, the husband of Queen Victoria, in London at the Crystal Palace in Hyde Park in 1851. It was called The Great Exhibition of the works of industry of all nations. 
32 nations were represented in the first exhibition and around 6 million people attended, including such notable figures as Charles Darwin, Charlotte Bront, Lewis Carroll, and George Eliot. Over 160 years since that first event, the concept of the World's Fair has evolved, and so has Carousel of Progress. The Music of Carousel of Progress Academy Award-winning songwriting team Richard M. Sherman and Robert B. Sherman wrote the earworm, There's a great big beautiful tomorrow. But did you know that the attraction had two different theme songs? For the opening of the attraction at the Magic Kingdom in 1975, the Sherman brothers were asked to write a new song, and the song was called The Best Time of Your Life was used until 1994 when Disney brought back the original tune, There's a Great Big Beautiful Tomorrow. Carousel of Progress on the Move After the 1964-65 fair ended, the circular rotating theater moved to Disneyland, where it opened on July 2nd, 1967, and operated until September 9th, 1973. The attraction next relocated to Walt Disney World, where it opened on January 15, 1975. A big day for Magic Kingdom, as it was also the opening day for Space Mountain. Over the years, Carousel of Progress received several updates, and on November 23, 1993, it was renamed Walt Disney's Carousel of Progress. An attraction covering the four seasons and several decades. Walt Disney's Carousel of Progress is a four-act play offering a nostalgic look at how electricity and technology changed the lives of an animatronic family during the 20th century. General Electric sponsored the first version of the show in 1964 at the World's Fair in keeping with the same fair's theme of progress. The first scene is set around 1900. Our research indicates Thursday, February 14th, 1901 on a farm outside Arkansas City, Kansas. The second, around 1927. And the third, the late 1940s. The fourth scene is allegedly contemporary, but references to laser discs and car phones are not so subtle clues that the script hasn't been updated in over 25 years. Although the last scene needs updating, Carousel of Progress is the only attraction in the park that displays Walt's optimistic vision of a better future through technology and industry. If you're interested in the man behind the mouse, this is a must-see show. Touring Tips Carousel of Progress handles big crowds effectively and is a good choice during busier times of the day. Because of its age, it seems to have more minor operational glitches than most attractions, so you may be subject to the same dialogue and songs several times. Think of it as extra time in air conditioning and maybe take a nap if you are, you know, needing recovery time. The duration of the show at the Audio Animatronic Theater is 21 minutes and is wheelchair accessible. 
Your probable waiting time is less than 10 minutes, so that's not bad. That concludes our history of Carousel of Progress in this week's attraction feature. This was posted by Lillianne Opsomer, and she is part of the unofficialguides.com. I'm the goat of Disney. I didn't ask for that title. I was given it. Or maybe I earned it. Time for one of my favorite segments. Yes, I am the goat of Disney. And that's a name I did not come up with myself. And if you're wondering what what is that all about, if you watch the live streams, I... You know, I, I always try to do a great balance on our streams. I, I put so much thought into this, and I talked about it. Um, I've talked about it in this podcast, you know, where I put a lot of effort. I don't just go to the park and turn the camera on and willy-nilly it, which is a, a new word of mine, a new phrase, willy-nilly. <laughs> Let's go back to 1950. But, yeah, I mean, I plan everything now sometimes you know we do willy-nilly it and it works out fine but i put a lot of work into things like uh i like to balance out i like to see the amount of time we have and i like to balance out the amount of rides and shows and food i always want to eat something at least one item while we are live because to me, it's giving the audience variety, and I just like keeping things moving along, uh, and uh, that's how I like to do it. So I want to talk about Saturday night. Saturdays was my birthday, 51, and I don't care. I embraced it. I rocked it. I don't care. Um, I'm embracing 51. Let's go. And I've just gotten on this kick of where, like, I'm running whenever I can. Like, Forrest, run, Forrest! And that's what I'm doing. And I'm, like, automatically enjoying it. So as long as I don't injure myself, um, I don't see me stopping running. Uh, because, you know, I would st- I'd would like to tighten up a little bit, you know, at 51. But at the same time, it doesn't have... A whole lot to do with my recent birthday. It's a total coincidence. So we ate at Hollywood and Vine. And I was going back and forth as to what I wanted to do. I mean, the tradition I feel like has been between Jacob and I is, oh, it's 50s prime time. It's our birthday. That's what we do. And so I booked it. But I knew that... Hollywood and Vine was the best restaurant, in my opinion, in Hollywood Studios. And I was like, why are you not eating at the best place there? And I was just being nitpicky and looking at cost. You know, it was probably going to be another $110 to eat at Hollywood and Vine for a family of four. I think we paid about $268 or so with tip for a family of four. It's a buffet style. So it's $59 per adult, $38 per child 
uh, ages three and nine because it's so nice of Disney to call your child an adult at 10 years old. It's nuts. It's nuts. I don't even know how you get away with that, but that's the way it is. So I went back and forth. I knew we were dropping 250 bucks on building a lightsaber, so... I was like, you know what? Forget it. It's my birthday. We're just doing this. And we did it. And I still feel really good about doing it. I have no buyer's remorse. The food here is so much worth talking about. It's insane. If you haven't seen the live stream, go back and watch it. Because we ate there on Halloween. I think it was August. Not August. I think it was September 3rd. 30th. It was it was like the Saturday before Halloween is what it was. So it's a buffet style, and this is just a partial listing because there's always different things, but they have assorted breads, the fruit could not be fresher, the veggies for the salads could not be fresher. I mean, you don't even see a single piece of brown on lettuce. You know, it's it's that unbelievable. Couscous salad with cilantro lime, which is plant-based. Sour cream and chive whipped potatoes. Seared salmon with bure blanc. Roasted mushroom farro risotto plant-based, which I got two helpings of the other night because that is just amazing. Roasted pork with spicy mustard sauce. Olive oil herbed crushed potatoes. Slow-roasted crispy pork belly, kale, apple, and cranberry salad, which is plant-based, peel-and-eat shrimp, caramelized Brussels sprouts, oven-roasted herb chicken, crispy tofu with Asian glaze, macaroni and cheese with shrimp and bacon. By the way, that tofu is plant-based. Herb-crusted tenderloin steak with horseradish cream. They do have allergy-friendly offerings as well. Uh, we got to make sure we mention that for our listeners. Featured beverages, but we didn't really, we don't get into those uh, really. Those are extra cost. You can get a magical beacon cocktail for seventeen fifty, which has blue. Is it Carousel or I think it's Carousel, but Minute Maid premium lemon orange drink and. Those kinds of things. There's an iridescent sipabration, which is Minute Maid lemonade, fruity fruit, um, strawberry punch, served with a 50th anniversary celebration cup, with a surprise character in, uh, with a little bit of magic. That's a that's a ten dollar charge. And there's some other things. There's cocktails and things like that. White wine, red wine, craft beers. So the food there is so worth it that. If you have a chance to do Hollywood and Vine, you're on vacation, please do it. You will not regret it. The characters were off the chain. Unbelievable. Minnie comes over. She has a beautiful diamond bracelet on. Tammy's like, we need to go shopping. And let's take Mickey's credit card. And Minnie just loved that. Minnie danced with Jillian. Um, what else can I say? I, Minnie and I were back and forth. Goofy came over with this real radical suit and the shirt was so psychedelic i'm like goofy i feel like you stole that from steven tyler's closet over at rock and roller coaster and he's like oh yeah oh yeah you know and pluto was amazing 
they were so much fun. Do not deprive yourself of watching that live stream because it's worth it if you like character interactions. And I made a conscious effort back in like 2020 when the characters returned that I was going to be better at interacting and initiating conversation with the characters. So, you know, the way to do it is act surprised, be happy, be positive with them, comment on, you know, their outfit, come up with a couple of things. They love it, and you'll have the best, best experiences. Um, you know, maybe we can go into a little more detail with that in a future pod on how to be better at that. They also have breakfast. Breakfast is a little cheaper. 42 for an adult, 27 for a child. They'll have assorted pastries, bananas, fosters, French toast, bacon, and sausage, uh, plant-based fritta and tomato jam, oatmeal omelets, chicken and waffles, breakfast potatoes, seasonal bread pudding, eggs benedict, salmon, and bagel uh, casserole. Sticky buns, yogurt parfait, and they do have allergy-friendly options as well. So that's Hollywood and Vine. Check it out. It's a maze diz, and that's a five out of five Mickey's. Here it is, our next installment of Diz Screenplay Theater. Today, I'm going to take a clip out of my favorite movie of all time. Now, it's the second installment of this segment that we're going to try to do every single podcast. And I just defaulted to another Star Wars scene. Now, I think we'll do plenty of these throughout, you know, the podcasts. But I'm also going to choose other movies. And, hey... If there's something you want me to do with a specific scene, let me know, and I'll do my best to portray it for you. We're going to take the scene where Luke is in the medical center, and Han Solo enters the room, and he has this one-on-one confrontation with Princess Leia, which to me is... One of my favorite scenes, it's a pretty epic scene, if you ask me, in the movie. So, And actually, it's the scene where sister kisses brother on the lips. What? Yeah, it happened. If you didn't see it, it happened. So here it is, the medical center in the Rebel base from Empire Strikes Back. Interior, Rebel base. Medical Center. Strange robot surgeons adjust a mass of electronic equipment. A switch is thrown, and a sudden blinding flash obscures Luke in a bacta tank filled with a thick, gelatinous slime. He begins to thrash about, raving in delirium. Interior. Rebel Base. Medical Center. Recovery Room. Luke sits up in a recovery room bed, Weak, but smiling. His face shows terrible wounds from the Wampa's attack. 3PO and R2 enter the room. Master Luke, sir, it's so good to see you fully functional again. 
R2 beeps his good wishes. 3PO continues. R2 expresses his relief also. Han and Chewie make their entrance. The Wookiee growls a greeting. <laughs> Han, how you feeling, kid? Don't look so bad to me. In fact, you look strong enough to pull the ears off a Gundark. Luke, thanks to you. Han, now that's two you owe me, Junior. Han turns as Leia enters the room. He looks at her with a big, devilish grin. Han turns as Leia enters the room. He looks at her with a big, devilish grin. Han, well, your worship, looks like you managed to keep me around for a little while longer. Leia, I had nothing to do with it. General Riken thinks it's dangerous for any ships to leave the system until they've activated the energy shield. Han. That's a good story. I think you just can't bear to let a gorgeous guy like me out of your sight. Leia. I don't know where you get your delusions, laser brain. Chewie is amused. He laughs in his manner. Han, enjoying himself, regards Chewie good-humoredly. Han, laugh it up, fuzzball. But you didn't see us alone in the South Passage. Luke sparks to this. He looks at Leia. Han, she expressed her true feelings for me. Leia is flushed, eyes darting between Luke and Han. Leia, my, why, you stuck-up, half-witted, scruffy-looking, Nerf herder! Han, who's scruffy looking? To Luke, I must have hit pretty close to the mark to get her all riled up like that, huh, kid? Leia looks vulnerable at the moment. Then, the mask falls again as she focuses on Luke. Leia, why, I guess you don't know everything about women yet. With that, she leans over and kisses Luke on the lips. Then, she turns on her heel and walks out, leaving everyone in the room slightly dumbstruck. With some smugness, Luke puts his hands behind his head and grins. And that is one of my favorite scenes from The Empire Strikes Back. If you're about to start planning your next vacation, book your next vacation with your magical adventures await. Claudia is creating Disney adventures worldwide. She can create a magical adventure to Walt Disney World Florida, any Disney park worldwide, Disney Cruise Lines, Alani Resort in Hawaii, guided group vacation with adventures by Disney, and she's also a Universal Studios expert. If you book with her, her services are free. Disney pays her to help you create a seamless, magical adventure. Her availability is really unmatched. You can contact her Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 8 p.m., Saturday and Sunday, 12 p.m. to 6 p.m. Make your magical planner Claudia Anderson from Your Magical Adventures await. 956-455-8049 or Check her out on Instagram with instant message, Claudia Anderson, all one word. 
That's C-L-A-U-D-I-A-I-N-D-R-I-D-S-O-N. And as a special bonus, if you book with her, all traveling members of your party will receive a special Living in Diz luggage tag. So make sure you let her know that we sent you. If you're a fan of our channel, Living in Diz, for some kind of time, you've been enjoying Disney through the eyes of our family. So what about enjoying Disney through your own eyes? How can you accomplish that? You'll want to contact Victor Naraki. With over a decade of helping people find the homes of their dreams right near Disney, Victor is the perfect realtor of La Rosa Realty Horizons to help you find the home of your dreams. Simply go to DisneyAtYourDoorstep.com. That's DisneyAtYourDoorstep.com. And don't forget to tell him that Living in Diz sent you. When I was thinking about what kind of story I wanted to tell today, I figured that I would tell a story that still affects me today. I'm, I don't know, I mean, I'm the type of person that when I, when I do something, if I do something great, if I do something that is not just great for me, but it, it's something that I tremendously help someone out doing, it's kind of like this. It's kind of like, uh, I'll be straight up. This is the podcast, right? So we want to be even more upfront and forward then maybe on the live streams where we're trying to you know just create magic and and really not create you know anything up for negative debate or anything like that i mean there are nasty people that watch us and uh y'all just don't know how much stuff behind the scenes you know that live streamers go through uh believe it or not we do and you have to learn to just not care but you know, you you just don't want to give anyone an edge, you know, in, in just giving more fodder for them. But at the same time, you know, forget you. But I have a lot of pride in my channel. I put, I just put so much heart and soul and work into the channel. And when I look at my channel, I think it's the best channel. I think it's the best channel. And I don't set, I don't necessarily set out to do this just when I look back at the product and what we put out and I compare it to other stuff I feel that it is the best product out there but I would hope that everybody out there that puts their product out there feels the same way if you, if you don't feel that way what are you doing like do you care about just half-assing the product you put out there? Uh, that's just not me. It's not the way I'm built. So I say that. I'm being transparent with you because I feel that way. And, um, you know, you can you can do the comparisons. But again, I don't go out there saying saying that. I feel that. I feel strongly that we are. But at the same time, when someone approaches me and they talk about the wonderful job we do, whether it's in chat or in person, how we've affected them. It's like 
I all I, I automatically turn humble. Like, I don't know. I, I'm surprised at how I started to respond when we started meeting people. You know, it's like someone will say really good things. You know, we watch you all the time. We don't miss it. We really appreciate what you do. And, and they a lot of people go much deeper than that. Uh, you know, I get emails, letters. It's It's incredible how a lot of these channels reach out to people. It's not just us, but I just say to my, I, I just get humble. I say to them, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. I, I really appreciate that. Thank you so much. So it's more of the humble side comes out. So I kind of walk the quiet walk, but I, I, I feel very strongly about what my, um, where we stand, I guess. And I kind of wanted to talk about that just because, you know, why not? tell you all how I really feel but it translates over to this next story because oh and again like another example when I played baseball at a high level and you know I'd make a spectacular catch I'd, I'd run a half a mile from center field to right field dive and make this unbelievable catch but it's expected it's me it's my effort it's what I put in I expected to chase that ball down. I expected to take the right angle at this ball, open the glove, spread my body out, slam against the ground, squeeze the glove as the ball hits the mitt, and 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 sew it up, get up and throw it in. Uh, you know, I didn't get up, I didn't pump my fists, I didn't give high fives. Almost no reaction because I expected to do that. When I do my job in real life, um, if I did great things. I expected to do that. When I work on this channel, I expect it to be great. When I do this podcast, I expect it to be great. It's what I'm trying to achieve with anything I do. So let's get to the story. Uh, so this is back of several years. The kids were very young. Tammy and I we were visiting up in Massachusetts and we were living in Maine at the time. So it was a late night. I don't even remember where we were leaving from, but we have the kids in the car and I'm pretty sure we were visiting a friend and we're driving. It's like almost midnight, if not midnight already. And we get word that my brother-in-law who owned several properties in the city, you know, rentals, one of his houses were, was on fire. So it was close by and Tammy and I were like, let's go by and see how things, you know, what's up. So we find the street and we park the car or pack the car and I get out and there's my brother-in-law and I ask him what's up and he's like, oh, you know, we think, uh, such and such, you know, set the fire off and uh, they got the fire contained and I'm just waiting on the fire chief to give me the determination of what the cause of the fire was. And I'm like, okay. So we wait several minutes and didn't take very long. And so the fire chief comes over with, you know, another firefighter or two and, you know, my brother-in-law may have said this is my brother-in-law you know um is it okay if he 
you know, hangs out right here and, and listens. And he's like, that's fine. So the fire chief starts talking about the details and what they revealed as the cause of the fire. So in between telling this, he, he, he keeps pausing and looking at me. And I'm starting to think, like, what the heck? Like, why? What's happening here? <laughs> you know? And I, I didn't cause the fire, you know? So finally he says to my brother-in-law, excuse me, I'm sorry, but I, I have to stop for a second. And he turns to me and he says, are you Corey? And I said, yes. He said, a year ago, you helped me. I had a torn ACL and I had surgery and you took me through rehab. You kicked my butt. And I want to thank you for allowing me to do my job where I save people all the time. And I just can't give you enough gratitude as to what you did for me. And I just basically was like, wow, wow, okay. Uh, you know, wow, I think I was speechless. Uh, just, just humbled, you know, like, that's great. I'm really glad I was able to help you, you know, and, uh, walked away and it impacted me because I've never forgotten that story. Uh, but just, it's what I expected to happen. Um, you know, people come to see me in all walks of life and that was a great thing to put into perspective of what I do in my normal profession, which if anybody doesn't know is physical therapy, uh, you know, you see the patient, you work with the patient, they go home if it's an outpatient setting and you go on with your life. So you don't think about how their life is going. So to see a patient a year out, several years out, whatever it is, and just hear the impact that you made. And I was just kind of like, wow, I may have saved lives by fixing him. So that's Corey's story time. I figured that one was something that was worth telling. And you never know what we're going to talk about. And now, Conversations with Neil. This is Neil's first time on the podcast. And I'm very excited to have him. And I know that anybody that follows the live streams will be very excited to have Neil on whenever. So we'll get Neil on whenever we can. Might not be every week, but uh, we'll try for it. You know, whatever whatever fits Neil's schedule. Because, you know, he's got to go out eat, out to eat at Boma and connections and, and things like that. And, you know, take care of Alyssa, you know, and all her, her needs with her nails and her hair. So, um, yeah, so we love having we're excited and honored to have Neil on. So today we weren't going to probably talk too much about music, but I figured we could revisit the Splash uh, live stream, the last Splash, because Neil and I were looking, and it's literally, um, let's well, let me just introduce Neil, everybody. What's up, Neil? How's it going, Corey? Hi, everybody. So, was it? Is that what you told me when we were just looking? 
looking at views that it's the leading no it's the second leading is it the second leading views of all time right now or it's close it's it's top five or something i think it, it's doing well it's doing well in recent times uh within the last couple of months it it is the top one uh it, it seems that everybody really likes halloween a lot so the halloween uh live streams did very well but in recent times it seems that my suffering made people watch very interesting <laughs> <laughs> That was a night that was just, I can't remember the last time we laughed so much during a live stream. We had so many friends with us. Our posse is just getting bigger and bigger as this channel just grows and grows. And uh, we had a large crowd with us and just great people. And we just laughed so much. And then to end it with such an epic thing of going on Splash Mountain. And I can say that I we talked about it later, Tammy and I, and we were like, wow, I, my heart just sunk for Neil when he came back and he sat down and he was chewing gum and he put the stuff behind his, I said, oh man, this poor guy is like all worked up and nervous and we're, we've kind of forced him to do this at this point. I felt badly, but I'm glad that, uh, I'm glad that you went through it for everybody's entertainment. <laughs> well, in, in truth, the preparation uh, was was good. Uh, once I had said to you that I was going to do it, I was going to do it. Like it, it was funny to me that people thought I would actually back down. Uh, but folks don't know they don't know the you know me very well, obviously. And I don't back down when I say I'm going to do something. I will do it. That's why I'm careful about what I say. We, we have to be very smart with the words that we use. So once I agree that I'm doing this, I was doing it. And, uh, you know, the, the thoughts going through my mind, it, it all goes back to when we went on it the last time. Uh, and my memories of, of, of it, and we hadn't gone on in so many years because truthfully, I say to myself when, when I dislike something, why do it? Like eating something that's really, uh, that I hate or something that's really spicy that I know is going to burn the heck out of my mouth. If I know it in advance, why do it? But in, in this situation, I knew it wasn't going to really hurt me. But you keep thinking to yourself, you know, you read the sign, you're a little bit older now, you know, you're. You're about 10 years old and you just say to yourself, uh-oh, what's going to happen? And and that anticipation, the anticipation is what gets you. <laughs> now, it's, I'm sure yeah. you felt that way, you know, in doing many things in life. You know, you, you get that feeling. I mean, you're going on a job interview and, and you're sitting there and you're nervous, but you don't want anybody else to know you're nervous. But here... I didn't care who knew if I was people knowing if I was nervous or not because they knew I was, but, but it, it was, it was nervous energy, but there was no turning back. Yeah. There, I can recall times where, uh, you know, what stands out to me is believe it or not. And I'm much I'm better at it now. I think maybe doing more live streams helped with this, but for me, 
I still hate, and I've done plenty of it, but I hate public speaking, <laughs> you know? Um, and what I find is the same exact thing that uh, the most stressful time of that is leading up to it. And then once I am up there for three or four minutes, if that, then you can't get me off. I won't shut up. I'll just keep going. I'll, I'll give you an hour if you want it, you know? So I understand the, for me, it's the anticipation. So, so the butterflies, once the butterflies are gone. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you, you know, being a performer myself and I've performed my whole life. Uh, I have no problem speaking in front of people. I probably have too big a mouth, frankly. I, I, you know, once, once I start talking, I don't shut up. Uh, but hopefully, you know, I think the key as, as far as when you're speaking or performing is number one, when you're speaking, to know what you're talking about. <laughs> you need to know what you're saying. If you don't know what you're saying, there's always trouble. Uh, if, if you're going to say uh, 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 things like that over and over again, uh, I, I don't like that. I, I, I try my best to say words that mean something and uh that that's where even going on this now i just listen to myself uh for a few a few seconds and the funny thing about this is one thing i will tell myself especially you know walking with you when we when we're live and around other people is never say Oh, God, never bring God into the equation, right? But on this particular night, I was talking to him a lot, or her, <laughs> whatever you want to call it, uh, that divine presence, I said, oh, God, a number of times. And that, to me, is hysterical, because consciously, I tell myself, do not bring in religion. Do not bring in politics. Do not bring anything into this thing here. We're in Disney. But I guess I was overwhelmed by the scenario. And God was the person I went to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think the live stream has taught me to also not do the same thing. You know, I, I think that uh, I don't recall very much or at all ever ever using the word God, I think I turned to gosh. Oh my gosh. And like, what's that? What's, oh my gosh, is that 1940s? Or what is that? But I find myself saying it in real life too. I was home the other day and I think within a minute or two span, you know, I was like, oh my gosh. You know, I'm like, gosh, who says that besides Goofy? Oh gosh. And that's pretty funny when you think about it because it's the last thing I would say on a live stream or in front of people uh, and, and even as a teacher in class, you, you really don't want to bring up things like that because there, there are people that don't ever, you know, they, they, they don't believe or whatever. And, and that's fine, you know, but it's funny where we go when we're panicking or something is going wrong. We're always going to something above us. And, and to me, that is hysterical. 
That oh, yeah. Hey. I, I, yeah. You know, you how, were, well, how you about were, this? Oh, go ahead. Yeah, you, you were saying some things that, that were, you know, kind of like pushing some buttons. And, and Alyssa kept saying, oh, this is it. This is it. Now it is. It's going to happen now. It's this one. <laughs> I kept saying to her, stop doing that. As a matter of fact, I'm watching the video, video right now. And there we're going down the big one right now. Right now. We just went. To, was that the big one? It must have been the big one. Well, if you saw the castle, that was the big one. Yeah. Well, the rabbit, right? You know, the rabbit is. is yes. He's in the pot. Yeah. He's over the and, pot. So it's interesting. So we just went down the big one. You are soaked. Your, <laughs> your face is completely soaked. Your glasses are soaked. I'm soaked, but we are wearing the ponchos, Alyssa and I. And and Tammy is cracking up. Jacob is cracking up behind us. And you know what? I guess the best part of that is that we all had fun together. And I really don't care if it was fun on my expense. Because you know what? It, it like I always say, it's always it's all about having fun. And 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 Lawrence and Catherine were having fun. And and Spencer and his family were having fun. What what else is there? I mean that that's what it's all about. So even if even if I was a little panic stricken, it was hysterical. I was laughing. I have to tell you, in the panic and talking to God, there were moments where I was cracking up. Well, you definitely took one for the stream, and I thank you for that. And I just was thinking, this is such great content. This is awesome. The stream was loving it. And uh, you're probably responsible for, you know, at least a thousand extra views. For that well, that's live good. Stream. <laughs> it, it, it makes, you know, and, and that's even more hysterical to think that uh, there are folks at home that checked out YouTube to see me go on Splash Mountain when it was closing the next day is, is really it's kind of comical in itself. It's you know, it's like, really? There are people out there that actually wanted to see what I was going to do. And, I, you know, seeing people taking bets on whether I was going to go or not. Oh, my goodness. It's just too funny. It is. It is. It's too funny. And, you know, uh, we'll see what happens with Tron. You know, uh, Tron is going to be an interesting one. Uh, our son, he's telling uh, Alyssa that it's it's going to kill me or kill her. You know, we're, we're both going to die on it. And oh, like, is he oh, trying to scare you again? He yeah, goes yeah. over the top all yeah, the time. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's just one of those things where I guess. Does he do I it guess, to torture his father? Does he do it to torture yeah, you? Yeah, he's torturing his dad. And, and I guess he, he, he knows me. He knows okay. me well. And he knows what I like to do and what I really don't like to do. And he does also know, I, in, in fairness to my kids, they did see my reaction to Guardians of the Galaxy. So okay, hopefully it's not like that. We hope. <sighs> it just looks really smooth. You know, it might have some speed to it, but it just looks really smooth, you know? Um, I think it's going to be fine. I don't think it's going to be anything like Guardians because it doesn't turn. Guardians is very odd because of the spinning. This is just going to go straight on forward and you know where you're going. I think you're going to be fine. Sure. You know what I have to do? 
I do have to watch it a couple of times. Yes. Uh, watch a good POV where the camera's head on. You know? Yes. I, I'll watch it a couple of times. And what I am going to do, and I really need to do this soon, in anticipation of it opening up and us pop, getting a preview, is I want to order, like I told you, they, they have a special band uh, that you put on your wrist. And uh, there are some that... C-bands. Yeah, the C-bands. I have, they have an electric one. Oh. That has an electric pulse. And it's supposed to be guaranteed to make you not feel bad. So... I mean, I, I, I'm, I was an avid, I'm, I'm still an avid fisherman, haven't done it since we moved to Florida, but I, I went on some fishing trips when I was younger where, I mean, the, the party boat I was on, this was before I, I had my own boat. The party boat I was on was I mean, literally there, there were, you know, six foot white caps and the boat never stopped. Um, the first time my dad took me out, I was a little guy and I actually never got up. Uh, I was seasick. Before we got out of the inlet, uh, we went out of uh, Sheepshead Bay, Brooklyn, and <laughs> I didn't have a good time of that. You know, I remember being over the side, my dad holding me by my, be my belt, but even the seasoned fisherman got sick. It was that bad on the ocean that day. I never picked up a fishing pole. It was horrifying. But, you know, I did some other trips, and uh, before I started realizing, you know, take Dramamine. Before you go on these trips, I got, you know, I got sick a couple of times, but I don't want to take Dramamine to go into the parks because it makes you tired. So I believe that this wristband might be a, a major help. And you know what? Psychologically, it, it helps you. I don't know if this stuff uh, works behind my ears. I don't know if the chewing gum really works, but even if it's a placebo, and it makes me think I'm okay, then that's great. That's great. Oh, we're, 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 this is when we got over to the uh, Disney photo pass and I'm looking and I, 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 I'm smiling when we're going down the hill because I said to myself, I am going to smile no matter what. You're screaming. I'm smiling. Tammy's got her hands in the air. But I, do, I am gritting my teeth while I'm smiling, <laughs> uh. <laughs> which is really funny. Yeah, that was that was an amazing time for sure. Yeah, yeah. you know, you know, you talk about the power of the mind. I, I believe that there's there's some level of that. You know, the power of the mind. We do something and we think that it's going to help us for sure. But I've used the C bands. I use the C bands to play virtual reality here at home. Um, there's certain games that have a little more motion than I can handle, so I'll put my bands on. I almost returned the VR when I first got it because I immediately got very nauseated and I started getting hot and sweaty and I Googled symptoms of, you know, V and it was exactly those things. And they, they said, you know, you should play with a fan on you. You should take some kind of Dramamine or C bands. So I bought the C bands for that. And I used to play under a fan, but now I'm pretty much playing games that don't have too much motion. Now, motion by what I mean by motion is for say, like I'm playing the NFL game, which is phenomenal. It's so realistic. Like you're on the field. You literally walk up to the the front line, you know, behind your offensive lineman and you're looking, you're standing up in real life, but in the game you're standing up and you're scanning the defense. You're looking to see where your protection is, 
who's going to come off the edge at you. And when you hike the ball and run, step back three, you know, three step drop, you know, you're doing that in your living room and you're, you're watching the attack and trying to find an open receiver. It's amazing. But that kind of motion is fine for me. But if you have to walk or run in a game, like moving continuously down a hall or something, that's what can get you nauseated. And there's one thing I'll never play. And it's, it's the racing games. I cannot do a road course. I mean, there's literally games that are so good in VR. It's like you're sitting in the driver's seat. And you, the dashboard's in front of you. You're looking out the windshield. I can't handle that. I literally had to go <laughs> run to the bathroom on that one so after got, a little bit. You got bit. motion sickness. Yeah, and I didn't know what end it was going to come out, if not both. So yeah. it yeah, was yeah, not a good experience. So, so, you know, there's a lot of people out there who have extreme anxiety. And I hope you like the way the New York anxiety, the way it comes out. Uh and, and the, uh, it, you know, when you anticipate certain scenarios that, you know, it's anxiety, it's anxiety, you know, and, and people, there are, there are lots of anxious people. Uh, and, and, you know, I guess it's how we handle that anxiety, uh, that, that, it makes us all different. Uh, some people, when they have, they don't, they don't even get anxiety. It's amazing. I know people that I went into situations with, uh, and you know, it, they were really bad situations going into, not knowing what the outcome would be, and you you, you look at them and and to them, it's nothing. It's nothing, and, and you wonder, really, you, you weren't worried about that? And, oh, no, 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 don't have a, you know, and then, well, we were with you, Neil, and I'm saying to myself, <laughs> oh, my goodness, they were with me, and that was making them feel good. Meanwhile, I'm freaking out, you know, going, what's going to happen, and thinking all these, a million things to make sure that everybody's going to end up in a good place, you know, when, when, we're, when we're going through this. And <laughs> it's funny when people depend on you, and you're the one, but you don't, you never show it, you know, in certain scenarios, you don't show it. But like I said, going on splash, I didn't care whether I showed it. Yeah. We were, we were doing it. Everybody got the real Neil that, that Alyssa the same, you know, we, we were not being different about it or whatever. Somebody made a remark from me uh, to me about it, it being, you know, Oh, Oh, yes. As a matter of fact, I believe it was the two gentlemen that we met the other day, John with an O and John with an H. And and they said, one of them said, wow, you know, something like I, you really uh, acted a certain way on, on that splash. And I looked at him and I said, uh, I wasn't acting. That was real. <laughs> that was real time. There was no thoughts about acting. I wasn't even thinking about the stream. I was just thinking about what what craziness I was doing. So it's it's funny. Sometimes people think you're acting, and you're not. You're just being you, uh, because the scenario that you're in dictates how you act. You know, it's it. Yeah, I mean, 
look, I'm a good actor just like anybody else. Uh, I, I could, you know, if I'm not feeling well, nobody will know. And I, I act on and go ahead when I perform. You know, sometimes you're tired. Nobody ever knows you're tired. You, you, you're a performer. You go out there and you give your all and do what you have to do. Uh, same as you, Corey, when you're doing a live stream after a whole day's work and you're tired. But nobody will know that because you you have that little bit of extra that's in reserve that always comes out. But sometimes raw person, they, they, there is no acting. And, 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 and as far as the anxiety end of it, if you are anxious about something and you're, you're, you're scared and you're worried, you, you have to take a deep breath, do something that takes your mind, makes you a little more at ease. And that's what putting that herbal stuff behind my ears and chewing the, 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 the gut, it, 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 that's how it helped. And I'll be, I'll be darned. It, it, I was fine. I was fine going down that hill. I really thought my stomach was going to end up in my, in my throat. I really did. And it didn't happen. <laughs> my scream is legitimate going down that last drop. And I've said this before. It's not because I'm so much afraid of the drop. I'm more afraid of losing the gimbal, even though I know I'm not going to lose it. It's just the fear like, oh, my gosh, there's oh, my gosh, I am going down this thing really fast right now with thousands of dollars in my hand. <laughs> not, I understand. That's I where understand. my scream comes from. Sure. Sure. And, and, and it's funny how how. You know, people people misconstrue. Uh, certain things like thinking that you're you're fake about something or whatever and and you know you know it's it's kind of weird when when i think that somebody thinks i'm being fake you know i i have to then i start thinking how does somebody who doesn't know me from a hole in the wall think that i'm fake how do they know what's fake in me you know and it's just amazing how somebody might be watching and say, this can't be real. This guy can't be really saying these things. He must be making it up. No, no, no. Sometimes, sometimes we can't control and be fake. We're just being us and, and do, you know, going through it. And sometimes it's in front of people. I was a teacher for years. I couldn't be fake all the time. It, it's impossible. Uh, yeah. You, you can't be you, you you be yourself and you go for it and that, that, that's that was splash mountain that was neil saying i'm going for it i'm doing it uh whatever emotions i have that you folks saw they were real they were real and there was no faking that i i was too uh too wound up <laughs> and, yeah well i know you I know you. And that was not the Neil I know who came back from wherever you were. And you sat down in front of me when we were about ready to go on. And I was like, oh, this is for real. So there you go. There it is. I'm like, this, he is for real. <laughs> oh, I'm doing it. You know, I'm going. 
Yeah, it was funny. I, I, I was saying maybe Tammy was saying, "Are you are you gonna run, are you gonna run away?" And I and I'm going, "Well, I this is going, but how, how, what will you do? And you know, if you want to get out, I said, "Well, I could always go into the boat and just jump to the other side." <laughs> yeah, and I think I said, "There's no turning back." No, turning oh. back. no, no, no. I mean, listen, once you you got to be a man of your word. I, I yeah. that was it and. That that's the way you have to live life by. If you give your word, stick with your word, and hopefully, for those some folks who 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 have that same and doing certain things, you know, sometimes it's not as bad as you think it is, and it wasn't. Yeah, I mean that. I loved. Alyssa's I don't even know if the stream heard this but I I think I repeated it so they did I started laughing at when we hit the bottom because Alyssa's reaction was well that wasn't that bad at all (laughs) she's like we should have done this years ago and and don't think Alyssa was just as as wound up about it as I was absolutely (laughs) you you know and it's funny we we when we did Guardians and we went on with Lucas we were both saying the whole walk through we we shouldn't do this <laughs> shouldn't do this but lucas was there and we said we're not going to make him do it alone we said we would do it and we did it and we did it that one time but but guardians was a different thing you know here we did it and everything was good Guardians was painful. Guardians is a different animal. And let let me tell you, I can't go. I was, you want to talk about ride anxiety. We, so the other night, anyone that watched the live stream from Magic Kingdom knows that we did the carousel. That was planned. That was a last second decision. And the way that came about was we, Alyssa and I went to, the restroom and when we came out she just looked over at the carousel and she's like you know i haven't been on that since i was a child and i've never been on this one in magic kingdom so what i say is well you're going on i'm like let's go get yeah yeah let's go get neil and tell him that you're going on that so that's how that came about but i sat on the inside i wanted i wanted to ride so that i could i could put you guys on camera (laughs) in front of me but it didn't work out that way. Yeah, I, I had know, to find a horse. A spot. Right? Yeah, I had to find a horse that was. We got low. on late. Yeah, she's so, too short. Yeah, uh, to get to to lift her legs up to the high to the high horses. So I had to. We had to walk around, and she went on the far inside one, uh, where it was low, and uh, she loved it. The hysterical thing was, of course. We're going around and around, and, and, and it, you know, it's a short carousel, but it stops, and it's slowing down, and Alyssa and I are looking at each other going, uh-oh, and her horse was on the upswing as we were stopping. It wasn't going down. Oh, so it, no. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't go to the same spot every time. It goes wherever it goes, and yeah. so... When she had to get off, I had to help her down, you know. So I, I, she came, she put her leg over, and I, I held her and carried her down off the horse. 
because it was way too high for that step. Elissa is not jumping. And there's no <laughs> room to jump. The, the horses are so close together. So so I carried her down and we were cracking up. Oh my goodness. It was <laughs> See, I wish I would have been able to capture that. For me, I hated that ride because I learned that from now on, I need to be on the outside. I was on the inside. So for someone who has a, had a very bad case of vertigo last year, and I truly am mentally scarred from that still. I'm, I don't know if I'll ever get over it. It was, a, it was a very scary night when I woke up with my eyes just going side to side constantly. And because I've treated vertigo like that, it's called BPPV, it's positional vertigo, I knew what it was. So I was able to correct it shortly after being um, awoken by it. But um, when that happens, what I think is, I think it, I think it tires out your muscles and, and overworks your nerves maybe. Um, and with that, now you need to do like exercises to build, build everything up stronger again. So my eyes get thrown off sometimes. And I was stressing out the other night on the, on the uh, merry-go-round because being on the inside, I couldn't see where I was going. And that's, that's what I talked to you about is you got to see where you're going. Your, your eyes need to know where you're going to report back to your brain. And I couldn't get that because I couldn't see too much from right. what was going on outside of it because of all the horses and all the bars, you know, um, supporting the carousel. That was a tough one for me, but I got off and I was okay. But I definitely was nervous about that. Well, you <laughs> and, know, and, and, yeah, it, it's also interesting, the science. Uh, you know, when you're driving, right? Yes. So when you're driving, when you get when you're on a curve or on an exit, if you ever watch professional race car drivers, they will tell you when you when you're taking a curve, stay on the inside. Because on the inside is the shortest it, it, it's shorter. Yeah, it's shorter. That, that's what I would do. Away, I raced, so I raced F1 cars before, and you always want the shortest route. Yeah, right, You want to stay on the inside. And on the outside, it's a longer route. It's a longer route. So I, I would assume if you get a little weird going around in circles, you're definitely getting to where you have to go on the inner side of the, of the carousel, for sure quicker than the one on the fur on the outside it's no different than it being in your car so it's got to let less of a uh, a circle to 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 travel on so that the inside is spinning faster and if you're affected by the spinning being on the outside would be better now i yes. would have put a list on an outside horse but those are the big ones and she couldn't get her leg up there so we had to go to the inside <laughs> where the smaller horses were, were. Yes. And, you know, it sounds like we're joking all the time, but yeah, it's science. It's that's exactly what happens when I've said that to you before. Like your ear, like you were like, well, I was looking down when people are in a car and, they, and they're turning. If you're reading something, your eyes are not reporting to your brain that you're moving. 
only your ears are sensing it. So if you go around a turn, your ears are sensing that, but your eyes don't know you're turning. And that's when you can get extra sick in a car. So you need your eyes and your ears working with you. And that's my advice for anybody that rides Guardians, which is they're, they're, the cars do turn sideways. But if you turn your head to focus on the track and your eyes can see where you're going, your ears already know you'll get less nauseated on Guardians. Absolutely. And, and the funny thing is, even, even on a boat. So I tell you that I've gotten seasick going deep sea fishing. But captaining my own boat and taking it out two miles onto the Atlantic, which Alyssa would never come with me to do. She wasn't into that. She likes staying inside the inlet. Uh, but I went on out on my own. I never, ever, even, even when it was wavy, got seasick when I was controlling the boat. When you have control over something, you deal with it differently, your brain, because you're focusing on the task at hand. You don't have time to think, uh-oh, here comes a wave. No, you're focusing on how you're going to deal with the wave because you are the one that's driving the boat. Yeah. So you don't have time to get seasick. And, and, and it's, it's a phenomenon that's amazing. Uh, you just don't get that feeling when your mind is off it. When you're driving your car, do you ever get car sick? I have learned this. Um, no. Listen, I do. But I know how to get around it. And the way I get around it is this. Here's a few other strategies that I have for people with, with ride anxiety or people that get dizzy. So in a car, I can we can we can drive straight ahead for probably, I don't even know, for hours if Tammy's driving. And I can look at my phone. I can read a magazine. And I'm fine. But if I'm aware that a turn is coming up, I have to look up and look out the window. But what about when you're driving? Oh, no, no. I'm totally, totally... Totally fine driving because I'm in control. Yeah, that's it. You see that? That's the key. It, it's it's our brain, and and like you say, yes, vertigo is an interesting thing because it's in your inner ear. Those those um, the crystals, the crystals in your inner ear. Yeah, you know, in your cochlea that keep you. Uh, this is how I comp- This is how I explain it to people that are listening. They might like a lot of people will say crystals in my ear. Never heard of that. So basically, this is how I learned to describe it to my patients who have suffered from this. If you take a long level, you know, you take a long level to, to measure a shelf or whatever. You have the bubble. You want the bubble in the middle. And if that is if the bubble's off, it's that whatever you're hanging is going to be off balance. Sure. So if you your crystals sit in your ear to act as the level. So if those crystals aren't sitting where they are supposed to be, they're going to be off. So they're telling your brain, say, hey, my head is turned sideways right now to the left, but it's it's really upright. It's reporting bad information because the bubble is in the wrong place. So we got to get that bubble back to where it needs to be in the center. And the way to do that is there's different movements people do with their heads to let them those crystals settle back in. Right. But the wild thing is, so if you're the passenger 
and you're you're not suddenly the curve comes and you're not thinking about it and you feel that motion and your eyes see it and and you haven't prepared for it you get nauseous but if you're behind the wheel and you take the same turn it doesn't affect you at all now vertigo is something different vertigo could just come who knows while you're sleeping one night and you know it could happen anytime that that's another thing but but motion sickness is a different thing and it's just like being on a plane for me if i'm on a plane if i was flying the plane i know i'd be okay but when you're sitting there and the the plane drops yeah Oh, forget it. I'm doomed. Yeah. I'm doomed. I go into cold sweats. I, I'm, I, you know, the thoughts I have is I'm going to die. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, my friends who, who fly with me all the time, they know this is the, the first, the first drop, the first bump. They turn around and they look at me and they know Neil's not going to do well on this flight. And it, it, it's funny. It didn't happen to me years ago. But I don't know what has switched. But now I, I just can't deal with it. I, I pray when I'm on a plane that there's not going to be any air pockets. That the plane is not going to drop and then go back up. I, I hate that feeling. I don't like the feeling of taking off. And I don't like the feeling of landing. When you're going through the clouds to land... It's a horrifying feeling for me. All I keep wondering is, when are we going to get on the ground? I need to get on the ground and get me off this plane. And and, But if you're in, in control of the situation, that doesn't happen because you can't focus on what's bothering you. You can't. You have to focus on what's happening. You, you're, you're in control. And, and I, I guess that that's, you know, it's a great thing, a great way to think about life. Keep yourself in control. Don't let it get out. Of, if you're in a situation where you can control it, then control it. You know, uh, don't bug out. Control it. Breathe. You know, think happy thoughts. And sometimes you could get away with it. You can. And do whatever you can. If it works or not, suck on a candy. <laughs> Put the stuff behind your ears. <laughs> Do something. Do with the something power of the mind. Help yourself. Yes. Yes. So, so Tammy has to make sure that she she doesn't like to ride backwards. So that's one of her anxieties. Like she can't ride backwards on the people mover. Um, you know, on a subway train, she can't go backwards. Another thing that I do for I'll go on the teacups for the stream. You know, I'll go on for myself too, maybe now and then. But it, I can't spin it. It can't spin. If it spins a little bit, what I do is, and what I do on the carousel when I'm on the outside, is I focus on an object. And I look at that object as long as I can. And when it bypasses me, I focus on another object. People should never just let things go by them blurry. You know what I mean? You should focus on something and watch it so you can't see it anymore. In increments. Even on something like men in black that goes into a spin for a few times or spider-man at universal that will spin a few times 
I look at something in increments and that helps me a lot. Otherwise I wouldn't, I couldn't ride those. Yeah. So I've learned to cope and make suggestions. So I hope these, this conversation and some of these strategies will help anyone uh, listening and it will encourage them to maybe try some of these rides that we were afraid to, to try before. This was a great conversation. I think we just formulated um, what you should do while we're while you appear on the podcast. Like, I like the idea of doing stream reviews. We just reviewed a stream, and that was awesome. And we got some really cool content out of it. So very good. And we will get into some music. I promise. Okay. So the, sure. so at times when it won't always be music, but we can talk streams. And you know, Neil and I can just talk, and we know everybody on the live stream just loves that. So. We're uh, happy to have Neil whenever he has time for us. And um, yeah, thanks for being on. That is going to conclude the podcast for this week. Once again, thank you so much to Neil for giving me his time and his insight. It was Amaze Diz. Make sure you check us out on YouTube, Living in Diz. We're live from Disney two to three times a week and sometimes Universal. Check us out on the Swell app for five-minute podcasts that we drop periodically. Specifically, we'll drop one after every live stream called the post-livestream walkout, where we give our views and thoughts on how the stream went and much much more behind the scenes you could say opinions check us out at livingindiz.com you one stop shop for everything living in diz and be sure to drop your email in there so that you will be alerted anytime we have to send out an email like the announcement of the next live stream or special channel news also check us out on instagram and our facebook page for now we'll see you in the parks and we'll see you on the next pod Mm -hmm.